Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you guys for tuning in week after week. Again, I know I say this every time, but I really am so grateful for all of you. We are trending and we are ranked in the top 150 in mental health in the world, which means so much to me. And it's because of all the amazing guests and it's also because of all of you who are willing to listen and share. And uh, so I, I just want you to know how much I love you guys. I need to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, I Hill Institute, uh, Living uh, Recovery Interventions, and Veracity Networks. You guys, thank you for believing in me and giving me this opportunity and making this uh, all possible. So today we're joined by Rachel Kuntz. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're gonna love Rachel, guys. Uh, she's an amazing person. Uh, she was actually a referral of a mutual friend of ours and he reached out to me. He's like, dude, you got to get this girl on. She's amazing. <laughs> and and I, I did a bunch of research at that point. That was about six months ago, I think it was. And I was like, wow, this girl's doing some good things. Thank you. Yeah. So a uh, little background on Rachel. She is a writer, four-time author, a yoga teacher from Northern California. She's a graduate of Northwest University Creative Writing Program and writes the award-winning yoga blog, Alive in the fire. Mm. What a cool name. <laughs> Thank you. And I can't wait to uh, you know, have you guys uh, hear why she named it that. Um, her work touches on healing, empowerment, embodiment, transformation. And you know, she really just is trying to help the overall mental health of not just herself, but everyone she comes in contact with. Mm -hmm. And I just love your work. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. So why don't we start, Rachel? Why don't you tell us where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Northern California. I was born in the Bay Area. Okay. And then in third grade, we moved up to the Sacramento area. So living in Roseville. Okay. Um, I was there through my childhood, like through junior high and Sacramento, high aren't they, f are they famous for, is it uh, walnut farms or? There are a lot of farms, yeah. Yeah, like a bunch of those yeah, farms. Yeah, all sorts of agriculture yeah. in the Sacramento Valley. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I remember I've been there a few times just visiting, mm -hmm. and they were always talking about that. <laughs> yeah. So in the Bay Area, so, um, and then you moved up there. Mm -hmm. How was it? Did, did you enjoy growing up in California? Yeah, absolutely. California is such a beautiful place. It is, isn't it? Um. Yeah, the oak trees and just yeah. everything about the nature there is so beautiful. Yeah. So do you tell us about your family? Did you have siblings? Did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a twin sister, Laura. Oh, cool. And a brother, Isaac, who's about a year older. Um, okay. We're all very close in age. So. Right on. How's it, how's it uh, being a twin? It's awesome. Is it? Yeah. It's funny <laughs> because I don't think about it too much. Like... You know, she's my yeah. sister and, um, yeah, it's awesome though. We have a very strong connection and yeah. always have, um, yeah. and we just shared a birthday about a week ago. So. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I hear different things when I've talked to other twins, mm -hmm. some of them, most of them love it, but there's some that are like, yeah, I didn't really like it so much because really? we were in constant competition. Oh my gosh. I'm comparing myself to my sibling all sure. the time, but, uh. 
you know, I'm sure you probably had moments of those because that's just n- normal human, mm-hmm. you know, uh, behavior. But right. uh, but overall, it sounds like you guys got along great and Absolutely. you guys are close. Yeah, yeah, I love my sister so much. She's an amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about what were some of the things you were involved with when you were a child? Like what, what did you, you know, find yourself doing? Yeah. Um, so in junior high and high school, a big part of my experience was being on dance team. Okay. Um, they called it drill team and we would perform at like football half times oh, and, yeah. you know, school rallies and things like that. Um, I also did yearbook and journalism in high school and that was kind of the foundation for a lot of my writing yeah. passion. Um, when you kind of discovered you love that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was telling a, a story the other day about in third grade, I won the Placer County spelling bee. Like <laughs> I was always, you know interested in words and language and and that kind of a thing so right on yeah so um drills no joke mm-hmm. uh, my girls uh, i have three girls and two of them did drill one of them did dance company and nice and boy they worked their butts off mm-hmm. right yeah i mean so did you i mean did you struggle with that at all how hard that was and you what know, they expected of you yeah i mean i <laughs> i was always busy as a as a kid you know very much like high achieving academically and Mm um you know had a lot going on extracurricular wise and you know that did contribute some pressure and things like that i think you know over my lifetime i've kind of had to undo some of the perfectionism and yeah um, talk about that for a minute because i think most of our listeners um have struggled with that Mm -hmm. or they have a loved one who's struggling with perfectionism because Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. It's been kind of a topic of my last several guests. Yeah. And I'd just love to hear maybe your thoughts on that as, you know, as a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, tell us how that went and why, you know, how you maybe kind of manage that. Yeah. Um, So for me, it definitely, you know, it did manifest sometimes as anxiety and depression. And Mm -hmm. I know growing up, I didn't always understand that that's what I was experiencing. Um, I'm also highly sensitive and just very empathic. And so energetically I was feeling a lot and didn't always know like what to do with that or how to manage that. Um, that's really been more of my adult life, like figuring that out and (laughs) taking ownership of that and really like embracing that, you know, like understanding my sensitivity as a gift as opposed to yeah, a problem. It, yeah, I'll say it's, it's your superpower, right? Yeah. But when you're a kid, you're not quite sure how to mm-hmm. deal with those things. Right. Again, you know, and what you're saying is when you when something bad may happen, mm-hmm. you feel it really deeply. Yes. When something good happens, you felt it really deeply as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's a wide range of emotions yep. that you are going through. You know, I think most kids, and, and I, me included, when mm-hmm. I was younger, it's like we we always have this belief that okay, I've got to do this, and then I'll be okay. Yep. And then we don't quite make that, mm-hmm. and then we start telling ourselves a story of I'm not good enough. Yep. And that was a huge um, piece for me, like recognizing that I had that belief. Yeah. You know, I think I think it was the first time I did therapy that that came out, and I realized, oh wow, this is yeah one of those self limiting things that. Um, you know, I may always have yeah. coming up here and there and yeah. and that kind of thing. So are your parents still alive? Mm-hmm. And, and so tell us a little bit about your parents growing up. How yeah. did they, how did they raise you? <laughs> yeah. So they 
are not together. Okay. Um, they got divorced when I was really young. So when okay. I was three, um, and yeah, I think that, you know, was part of my experience just yeah. dealing with that. And some of the early divorce period was, you know, a lot more contentious than things are now. Um, yeah. my parents are actually really good friends now. And oh, that's good. Yeah, they're glad to hear that. Their relationship has evolved over the years, and it's it's amazing to me how you know they have a connection and they have friendship, and they we can all spend time together as a family. Oh, that's which nice. To me, is like a huge deal. You know, not yeah. not every set of parents who divorces gets to that place. Um, right. Yeah, it doesn't always happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But when it can. Mm-hmm. It's so good for the entire family, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were three. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're three, so you probably didn't really fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. But did you notice as you were growing up, like, okay, mom, or were you living with your mom or your dad at the time? With or? both. With both. You're mm-hmm. going kind of equal time. Did yep. you think that was just the norm, or did you notice because other maybe other friends weren't going through that? You know what you were doing. Yeah, I don't really remember thinking this is not the norm or like comparing it to other, you know, friends or anything. But, um, you know, there was stress from just being back and forth. Um, right. I can remember like packing things into a bag and (laughs) putting it in the car to go from one house to the other. And at the time it wasn't like, Oh, this is a big deal. But looking back, you know, thinking about some of those early memories, it's like, yeah, that, that did have an impact that does, well, it would. You you start getting comfortable mm-hmm. for the week that you're there with your mom and or dad, yeah. and you know, and then all of a sudden, okay, it's time to pack everything up and go to yep. the 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 next house or whatever. I'm sure mm-hmm. that was kind of challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, were you able to stay in the same school growing up? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that was probably good to have that stability. Yeah, yeah, we did move a fair amount. I mean, the move from the Bay Area to Sacramento was a big change, and yeah. then we were just at different schools. I think sixth grade there was a new elementary school they had built so you know that was a change too but yeah right on so you know you go through high school and you know you graduate high school what Mm -hmm. did you what what did you want to do did you know because you said you were part of the the yearbook team Mm -hmm. and and you started realizing you love writing Mm -hmm. and things like that is that is that kind of where like is were you thinking i'm going to do this for a career yeah, my goal was to be a journalist, okay. um, a magazine journalist, mm. and I applied early for Northwestern and got in. Oh, cool! And just made that leap of faith of like, I've never been there, but <laughs> I here we go. I know that program is amazing, so I'm gonna go for it. Um, and yeah, I look back, and that's like one of the first just very ambitious things that I yeah. just took on and went for, and you know, big, yeah, a big leap of faith. There. Yeah. So you so you qualify or you get accepted to mm-hmm. Northwestern. Tell us about your experience there. Yeah, so Northwestern, um, it was a fantastic experience. I think college is just such a unique time of life, and there's so yeah. much, you know, to try and and test out and experience. Um, it was stressful at times, I will <laughs> say. Like yeah. academically, it's a, a rigorous program and. The culture there is that, you know, it's a lot of high achieving students and professors who are holding that standard. Um, But I had fun too, you know, I loved it. I did dance the first year. Okay. Did like a a rec dance team and then 
worked for an online magazine and different things. Um, I was very active, like in my dorm. I lived there freshman and sophomore year. Um, yeah, did all sorts of different. We had this volunteer thing called Dance Marathon that we did, which was like a 24 hour event. I also oh, wow. participated in a bunch of student films. Okay. Um, a lot of my friends were film majors. So, right on. Yeah, it was fun. Overall, great experience, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you were still struggling with that perfectionism and maybe not living up to yeah. expectations or even if it was just your own expectation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say college years were when that, you know, became something I had to look at and yeah. start to face. I, I think it was junior year. I had to take a break from school and come home mm. for a while and just like yeah. take a rest period. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, was it, was that a time were you depressed at that time? Yeah. I would say anxiety and depression and depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, and I hear a lot of kids doing that where they'll Mm -hmm. take a break or they need that break. And Mm -hmm. and I understand that. Right. Yeah. Cause school can be overwhelming, especially when you don't live at home and you Mm -hmm. don't have the comforts of, you know, I can just go home for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Right. I can get my laundry done at home and get some food. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not that for me. Yeah. It was, you know, I would come home, I think, once a year. Oh, wow. Just at Christmas or yeah. maybe spring break, but. Yeah. Um, so how how much time did you end up taking off? It was a one quarter. Just one quarter and then yeah. you went back mm-hmm. and then finished up, right? Yep. So what, so you're obviously doing some really cool things now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we mentioned in, in, in the intro that uh, you you work on healing and empowerment and embodiment and transformation. Mm-hmm. And those are some big words, some yes. powerful words, but most people have probably heard those words before. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like and why Why do you, what was starting to lead you to writing some books mm-hmm. and, and doing the things that you're doing now? Yeah. I would say yoga has been a big part of that journey for me. Yeah. Um, you know, all of that stress in college, I found I really needed something physical like as an outlet and dance wasn't as big a part. So I think I had done a few yoga classes in high school actually. Okay. And you know, I was in Chicago, so it was like freezing cold. So adjusting to the winters was (laughs) another challenge. So I found hot yoga (laughs) and I like just dove straight in on that and you know, was going. Is that to, where they like crank up the room to yeah. like 120 or whatever? It's like 105. I Is think. it really? Yeah, 40 yeah. percent humidity. It's just, it's intense. Yeah, um, and you just sweat a ton, and you yes. got to drink a ton of water. I'm sure. Yes, you have to stay hydrated. Wow. or you will not feel good. So you you discovered that it was a good way to get warm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> in that cold winter. Yeah, it was a good way to get warm, and it was um, a really fun community. Like a mm-hmm. lot of kind of diehard people who would go regularly to those classes. How did that help you with your overall mental health, do you think? It helped me tune in more to what I was feeling, you know, and it helped me just release some of that energy through the body. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would say too, like body image has been something I've struggled with off and on. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. And, And I know that's a vulnerable thing to talk about. You know, a lot of my female clients mm-hmm. and even male, though, mm-hmm. males are surprisingly are more struggling with their their you know body images as well. Mm-hmm. So did that start at a young age for you where you were struggling with that or was it more later in life? 
I would say I've been aware of it from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the comparison and, yeah, you know, beauty. Beauty is like a whole thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah, for men and women, I think, yeah. you know, just something we grow up thinking about. And our society is based a lot on physical appearance sometimes, right. mm-hmm. like judgment. and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tying back into perfectionism, too, you know. Yeah. It all ties together, so your self-worth, your yeah. your body image. Um, and that's something I'm so passionate about now. Like, I think about it a lot because I've come a long ways in just loving my body and accepting myself. And and did yoga help you with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so because, whoops, and, and I just dropped my glasses. <laughs> we said we'd make a mistake. Here we did. Yeah. Uh, here we are. Um, <laughs> tell us about this journey because I, I love what you just said there. Like you're really passionate about that now. Mm-hmm. And I really believe life happens for us. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably went through those struggles because it led you to doing what you're doing now. And that's pro- why you're so good at what you do because oh, of the passion you have around it. Cause you know what mm-hmm. it's like yeah. to struggle with those things. So talk about that journey. Yeah. So <laughs> yoga has this way of, like requiring you to be in your body, obviously the physical poses, like if you take a class and a lot of times we show up for those, some of those first classes, just either having been numb to our bodies or, you know, rejecting certain aspects. Like, you know, for me, like think about my stomach, my belly, like even like the, you know, shape of my legs or something yeah, like that. Right. It's yeah. like, thinking that I should look a different way than I do. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you're in these somewhat uncomfortable positions, like faced with that, you know, some discomfort, ideally not pain. I always try to remind people yeah. we're not looking to be in like sharp pain <laughs> while we're <laughs> right. in yoga. Right. So if a teacher says that, like, please do something different than what they're asking you to yeah, do. Right. Um, but you're, maybe for the first time, like in your body, experiencing it, feeling, you know, what does it feel like to breathe? Am I holding my breath? Am I, you know, do I have sensation in these different areas? Um, So it can be uncomfortable and it can be vulnerable and that's the idea (laughs) of it. Well, I can, speaking for myself, I'm very, um, not very uh, limber. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I do yoga, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm hurting, not because they're trying to hurt me, it's just Mm -hmm. because I am so tight, like my hamstrings and my calves. Mm -hmm. And and so when I'm doing, trying to do some of these Mm -hmm. poses, (laughs) I'm in pain, not because, just other than I'm just really tight, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's very common, you know, yeah. and that's one thing I think about a lot, like the conception that yoga is just about flexibility. Yeah. Um, it's also about strength and balance. Yeah. And for me in like recent years, it's really about the mental resilience piece. Yeah. Um, you're teaching your nervous system and your brain how to respond mm. to situations, okay. you know, where there's a little bit more stress. Um, I did a really cool training with this nonprofit called Yoga for First Responders mm. a couple of years ago. Very cool. And that's their, you know, key focus because they're helping people who have been through traumatic events and maybe have PTSD. And um, they're really trying to help people understand that yoga is more than just flexibility or relaxation. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the 
the common perception of yoga. So when did you realize that you really have a passion for this and you want to, you know, do this for a living and mm-hmm. you want to not only that, but you want to obviously help other people and, mm-hmm. and make this just your life uh, pursuit? Yeah. So I started practicing a bunch, you know, late in my college years and then um, was married and divorced. I don't know if we'll get into talking about that at all, but. Well, we can now. Um, right? <laughs> After I went through that and came back to California, um, I just kind of knew around that time that I wanted to do a teacher training. And, you know, writing my blog actually helped me discover that and kind of understand Mm. what I wanted from that. And so going through the training was just a huge, like, personal development experience, growth experience. Um, you know, obviously to learn like all of the technicalities of how to teach the poses and right. how to lead a class. And um, for me, it was a lot about leadership and stepping into, you know, being at the front of the room and using my voice and um, understanding like what is my message? What do I want people to learn Yeah. when I teach a class? And that's been an ongoing journey Yeah. for the eight or nine years that I've been teaching now. Right on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, we don't have to go into all the details, but so you went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and was this before you got involved, you know, with, with what you're doing now? Or was it during or? I would say before. Before, okay. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, how did that, how were you able to kind of get through that? Because I know, you know, I've had friends who have been divorced. Mm-hmm. I've had family members who have been divorced. Mm-hmm. And even if it's the right thing, it's still a very challenging and can be a very traumatic thing. So how did you yeah. tell us a little bit about that and how you handled that? Um, I think that would be like one of the first really big moments in my life where I had to, you know, look at myself and just take more ownership of mental health for yeah. myself, mm-hmm. you know, like understand my anxiety and depression and, yeah. um, You know, it just, it was a huge pivot in my life. Um, I came back to California, so I was closer to family. And I think I needed and wanted that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I like how you say pivot Mm -hmm. versus maybe a setback. Yeah. So it was a pivot. Mm -hmm. Is that what what you meant by it? It wasn't like... Yeah, I think at the time it... At the time, it felt like a failure, you know, it felt Mm -hmm. like a big failure. Yeah. But like you were saying, life happens for you. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, you have to kind of pick up the pieces of what you're going through and like make a new path forward. Um, Yeah. Doing the yoga teacher training was a big part of that. Even just like, you know, getting a job in Sacramento that I had at the time doing project management and, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome that you say it that way. And again, it's still a very difficult thing to go through, but Mm -hmm. to to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I think when we do look at life as happening for us and not to us, Mm -hmm. even though it's hard in the moment, man, we can always, uh, I think it helps us get through it a little easier. Um, So you, you really focus on, you know, we talked about healing, empowerment, embodiment. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just maybe touch on some of those words. What what does embodiment mean 
like for those who may not understand what that means yeah for me embodiment is living life in my body okay you know experiencing those different sensations and Mm -hmm. um like letting my body give me cues yeah and listening to that um you know yoga is probably one of the biggest tools that's helped me with that i also practice reiki which is an energy work oh yeah um and so with that you know you have the chakra system of the different energy centers and yeah the embodiment piece goes back to the self-worth part of it too yeah of like as a woman what is that like to feel your body and be in Mm -hmm. tune with your body and yeah um did did that help you with you know how you struggled with your body image did that mm -hmm. help you start seeing yourself in a more loving, compassionate way, would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would assume that uh, you probably teach your clients that come in, or, or in these classes that you do, that mm-hmm. you're, you really focus a lot on that, I would imagine. I do, yeah. I think, you know, reminding people that it's safe to feel what they're feeling, mm-hmm. um, giving them permission to explore you know, their own experience. Um, I try to be really mindful of language around like what someone is feeling during a class. Like I don't want to tell someone what they're feeling. It might be different for them. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're here live at Wasatch recovery and we do Mm -hmm. part of our program is yoga. Is it? So yeah, they do. We have our clients do yoga every single day. Oh, good. And it's interesting, um, and wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Most people, it feels like when they get here, they've never, one, tried yoga, mm-hmm. and they're almost like, eh, I don't like yoga. Mm-hmm. But they've never even done it yet. Yeah. But then they end up doing it, and they go, oh, my gosh, I love yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do good. You, do you find that uh, with people who are first coming? that They're like, I don't know if I want to do this. All the time. <laughs> All the time. And I have so much compassion for that. Yeah. You know, skepticism or like yeah. frustration because a lot of times in classes, like it's, it's not necessarily a safe space to mm-hmm. be new. Yeah. You know, sometimes the pace of the class is so fast that it's hard to keep yeah. track. Um, yeah. I love working with beginners and I, <laughs> I find the, the more I teach, the slower my pace gets because I want to spend time you know, building a good foundation and helping people ask questions or understand, you know, how can I modify this so that it works for me Yeah. as opposed to just like pushing hard and going fast and like, you know, forcing anything. Yeah. So. Well, so I know this is going to be a, a kind of a loaded question sure. and you've, you've shared this a little bit, but what is yoga, what have been some of the greatest benefits for yourself going down this road of, you know, learning yoga, becoming certified, helping mm-hmm. other people through it. What have been the, some of the best, greatest blessings that you've received from mm-hmm. this? I think one of the biggest parts for me is um, being in touch with myself and making time for myself. Okay. Um, and having that look however it looks on a given day. So over time, I feel like I, my practice has shifted a lot away from, you know, a rigid, like repetitive, strict kind of young, like mask, more masculine practice to something that's more soft and in tune with my emotions. Um, you know, it, it just takes you into a deeper place of yourself 
Yeah. If you really embrace like the whole of it. Yeah. You know? Like letting what you experience in a class bleed out into your life. Right. You know, and it's it's really the mindfulness. Yeah. You know, paying attention to what you're doing and yeah. being in alignment with yourself and what you value. Um Love that it. and the leadership piece, you know, okay. like I was saying yeah. with teaching, like teaching really opened me up to you know, being at the front of the room and yeah. <laughs> you know, like front that can be very uncomfortable for me. Um but as I continue to do it 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 works more and do you find yourself getting nervous before you are going to do a class or? I used to be a lot more nervous. Um, <laughs> right. But I actually recently started a new class at my gym here in Utah. And I was super nervous for that first class. Yeah. Just because I hadn't been in the space. Sure. A lot yet. And right. <laughs> had to like get the music working and it was not working for a second. Oh, and, man. You know, it's just feeling. kind of those logistics. <laughs> yeah. Once you have those logistics a little bit more down, it's more comfortable. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, back to what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. I, I tell me if you've noticed this, like we'll have someone do yoga for the first time or second time and, and they, they end up getting emotional. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll actually start crying. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you see that a lot with some of your clients? Absolutely. And why is that? And this, for our listeners to understand, why do people get emotional? Yeah. So our bodies hold our energy and our emotions, you know, and yeah. The Body Keeps the Score is a really great book if you haven't seen that book yet. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I know of the mm -hmm. book, yes. I heard it's great. Yeah, so our tissues like have those memories and that, you know, that knowing. Um, anytime there's a major trauma, but even just, you know, day to day. And so with yoga, especially with like yin yoga, or restorative yoga, where you're getting into the deeper tissues in the body, the fascia and whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm you're releasing some of that. And okay. so it's coming up to the surface. Oh, wow. Um, I think too, just like creating an environment where you're slowing down yeah. and really tuning in. If you haven't been doing that and there's a lot of emotions that have been stuffed down or pushed away, you know, it's, it's finally in that quiet space that they're allowed to come up. Yeah. And that's a gift, you know, right? <laughs> like I try to remind people that that's okay. Like yeah. if the emotions come up during yoga and yeah, I remember in teacher training there, they told us like, just have the box of tissues ready <laughs> right. and just set it at their mat. You know, like you don't need to go over and talk to them and have a whole conversation yeah. or say like, say anything really just let them have the tissues and let them have their, yeah, let them have their moment. Yeah. Their you know? experience. So I would say if you're new to yoga or you're in a class and that yeah. happens for you, like, let yourself be there if you can. Yeah. You know, like those tears are yeah, there I love for that. a reason. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed just with our clients here that how yoga has been so good for people who have been through trauma. Yes. You mentioned PTSD earlier. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people relate that sometimes. Like, oh, yoga can help me with my trauma. Mm -hmm. But you just talked about how, mm -hmm. you know, our tissues hold on to those things and yeah. those emotions and those feelings mm -hmm. and yoga gives it a space to actually finally come out yep. and and basically heals that I would imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's helps. amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, and it's wild. Like what kinds of experiences people can have. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, the poses that we're avoiding or that we 
dislike the most sometimes have like these really profound really things for us i think yeah Mm-hmm. So you you have an award-winning blog called Alive in the Fire. Mm-hmm. Why did you call it Alive in the Fire? I really love the name. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that name has worked out really well. Um, <laughs> it kind of came just from the hot yoga okay. experience. Yeah. So I would continually have this feeling of, you know, just being in that heat and just feeling like it brought things alive you know it's like you're kind of faced with yourself in those moments um and instead of backing down or shrinking you know you can let that be more of you in a way yeah um but it's it's like that in life too right where we have struggles and we have challenges and we can choose to let that help us come more alive if we want to and that like that is the mindset i try to keep in yeah. my life of like, you know, this is for my good Yeah, to go through certain things. For sure. Well, and you know, and the fire can represent, I mean, you were going through some challenges in your life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's interesting if you go all the way back to when you were three and your parents mm-hmm. divorced and, yeah. you know, and the stuff you went through with, you know, your body image and mm-hmm. trying to be perfect and, yep. and then you take this leap of faith and go to a college outside of your state and Mm -hmm. you're away from family Mm -hmm. and you know, you go through your own marriage and divorce Mm -hmm. and, and then you, you decide you have this passion, you want to write and you want to help people. And it's just cool. Like you went through the fire and, Mm -hmm. and and, and at times I'm sure you're still going through the fire, Absolutely. you know, like we all are, but Mm -hmm. then, but you're in a position to help someone out of the fire because you've been through the fire, if that makes sense. Yep. And I just, I'm just yeah, trying to connect beautiful. those dots. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, that's what I'm seeing as I'm listening to you talk is mm-hmm. I'm connecting the dots in my head going, oh man, that led to this mm-hmm. and that led to this. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Again, life happens for us, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that is beautiful. Um, so you've written four books, mm-hmm. correct? What do you mind sharing us a little bit about what those books are about? Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. So all four books are self-published on Amazon. Awesome. Um, And the first book was just kind of this experiment where I initially printed it like at a local printer, just a small booklet kind of size. Uh And, you know, let that kind of open the door of just how do I do this? Like, how does a book get created? Like what all goes into it? Um, So that first book and my second book are just kind of like coffee table style. Oh, gotcha. Very short. Yeah. one of them features images that I did for a photo shoot in Joshua Tree Desert. Oh, cool. Um, a yoga shoot, actually. Oh, nice. And those pictures just kind of gave me this inspiration of, you know, how do I have kind of like a short essay? Um, yeah. That book's called Inner Fire, and so it brings in mm. the fire theme, too. Yeah, I like that. Um, Inner Fire. Yeah. Love that. Just very short, Yeah. you know, sparse kind of words to go with the images and then my third book is called vessel and it's a book of poems okay um and then the latest book is empath warrior mindset and that's more of a book of what i call mindset meditations okay and it's organized into different chapters on different topics and then at the end of each chapter are some questions to think about So reflection questions. Oh, cool. And at the back of the book, it has um, 
sort of a journal where you can track, you know, which topic you're thinking about and write down a task that you want to do or some sort of like action step that you can take in your own life. Right on. Yeah. That is very cool. Well, I mean, writing a book, um, I've written a book and it's no easy Mm -hmm. task. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a short little book, this it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I struggled big time. Really? You know, I'm not the best writer. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, I always admire when someone's written a book because mm-hmm. I know what it's what it's like to try to write one, mm-hmm. you know, and you've written four. Yeah. It, That's pretty cool. It has been a life changing thing mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I think just because partly, you know, growing up and throughout my career, I had always kind of had that aspiration in the back of my mind and had also helped work on different books. Like I've always, I've since college done freelance editing as well. Um, I helped a professor finish her book. She writes about Clint Eastwood films oh, really? and <laughs> like theology. Oh wow! And so that was kind of, you know, the beginnings of yeah. that. Um, but book writing changes you, you know, it really requires you to get clear on what you're trying to say and yeah. stand behind the message that you're creating. Right. You know, it's a stamp in time of what you, what you believed or wanted to share at that time. Yeah. But it requires a lot of bravery because your name is on that and, yeah. you know, people are going to have judgments or thoughts about it and... You know, it's this opportunity to just put something out there. Yeah. And I know so many people who have started books or want to do a book and, you know, need some help getting from the planning and the thinking phase of it to actually like printing it and putting it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on four time author. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. No, you bet. Um, Obviously, you you love writing because your blog. I mean, I've gone through several of your posts there. They're mm-hmm. very inspiring. It's very real and authentic. Thank you. You know, you get vulnerable in some of these posts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which I think people will really love and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Just because, again, we were talking about this before we started. Like, yeah. Like we were talking about, do you edit anything? No. It's like mm-hmm. people just love just being real. Yeah. You know. I think we need that. Yeah. So much in our world now. Don't we ever? Like the unfiltered. Yep. You know? Yeah, we're imperfect people. We're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. You know, I'm sure I've said several things wrong today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. We're good. Yeah. You know, and we're connecting here. And I just, again, I love what you're doing. Um, if there's someone listening to you right now, Rachel, who is struggling, mm-hmm. they're just in a bad way, you know, whether it's just w- anxiety, depression, or they're having self-image issues or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. What you've already said some really cool things, but what's some advice you can give that one person right now that's mm-hmm. listening to you that's struggling? Yeah, man, that's like such an honor to even speak to that. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna make me emotional. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things is just remembering you're not alone in that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a feeling I would cry today, so it's, okay. it's good. Yeah, yeah, you're not alone in that. Like. We all go through so much. Yeah. And we need that reminder sometimes. You know, we need help. And I know for me, it's been a journey of, yeah, like really being willing to ask for help. Um, yeah. Even this year, like, so a couple months ago in January, um, 
I just went through some loneliness and like yeah. a little bit of season, seasonal depression. Yeah. Um, but moving to a new place and, and like having this restart in my life, you know, there were just moments where it was like, man, I feel like I'm so isolated. Yeah. And the truth was I'm not, <laughs> Yeah. you know, I, in asking for help and support just had so many people like showing up for me and, yeah. you know, meeting new people and things like that. But, um, wow. yeah, if you're going through a hard time, like don't be afraid to ask for help and remember too, that you're in charge of your life. Like, you know, there's some, there's probably something you can take ownership of that's going to just change the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's like, good advice. Leaning in towards those uncomfortable things and yeah. Well, I love what you said. We're not alone. Mm -hmm. You obviously got emotional. Yeah. You know, there's times where we do feel that way, mm -hmm. but the truth is we're not alone. And mm -hmm. that's the lie. Sometimes we buy into yep. that. I'm by myself. No one gets me. No one will understand, yep. but we do. Mm -hmm. And I think, is it fair to say, Hey, these are the moments that we need to reach out because there are people to reach out to, mm -hmm. but we have to reach out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if Rachel's struggling unless she reaches out yep. a lot of times, right? Yeah. And what do you think of that? I always think about too that idea of like reach out to your strong friends. Yeah. You know, because I oftentimes will be that strong friend. Yeah. But then people think, you know, oh, she's okay. Like she's always strong. Yeah. She's the strong one. And it's, it's not always <laughs> yeah. the case. Yeah. You know, I think I like to think of it as you know, on your strong days, be that person who maybe takes that step towards someone else. Yeah. You know, we, we can often tell when someone's having a hard time Yeah. and it can be uncomfortable to say like, Hey, how are you really doing? You know, yeah. Hey, are you okay? Um, yeah. but it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Yeah. That connection, right? Mm -hmm. That human connection and being vulnerable, just to ask the question, yep. even though it can be kind of scary. Yep. Right. Totally. Wow. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Um, it's funny. I have two quotes on my wall, one behind you and mm -hmm. one in front of you. And I think you'll relate to both of them. Mm -hmm. So do you mind reading the one you can see there? Sure. It says the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. And, and, but I think sometimes we think something's wrong. Mm hmm and doesn't mean we're perfect. Mm -hmm. What it means is to our core, we're good. Yep. Right? Would you Absolutely. agree with that? Oh, yeah. And then the one behind you, I'll read it since yeah. you don't have to turn around, but it's, and I think you'll dig this, is mm -hmm. by Ferdinand Foch. He says, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. Oh, yeah. there's the fire. There's the fire. <laughs> yeah, alive in the fire. And boy, you, your life has been times of being in that fire. Mm -hmm. And basically, I love that you've taken these challenges in your life and now you're doing something with it. Thank you. Yeah, that's that really gets me emotional mm -hmm. because that's why I do what I do because mm -hmm. of what I've been through in my life. And so mm -hmm. I will just add to your beautiful words, if you are struggling and you're listening to this, mm -hmm. that you're not alone. Rachel loves you. I love you. Absolutely. Reach out to us. We will we'll help you any way that we can. And... Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I'd like people to do is reach out to you. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you have this amazing blog. You've got these books. You've got these classes, all this. If someone does want to reach out to you, how mm -hmm. do they do that? Yeah, so <laughs> I 
I have a page on my website. You can visit um, the contact page on aliveinthefire.com. Aliveinthefire.com. Um, my, my email for my blog is aliveinthefire at gmail. But I would say if you want to reach me, like go for the coons.rachel at gmail. Um, and, and that's spelled K-O-O-N-T-Z. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dot R-A-C-H-E-L. Okay. Gmail. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Alive in the Fire Yoga. Yeah. You can message me there or check out the Facebook page for cool. the blog. Cool. And we'll put that all in the show notes too mm-hmm. so they can have that as well. Mm-hmm. And you know what I've found is one of the cool things you talked about, sometimes it's hard to talk, to share with someone. Mm-hmm. Or if we see someone struggling, it's maybe we're afraid to approach them. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best ways to do it is to send them a, a link to this episode. Yeah. Because it will... They'll hear your amazing oh, story and it breaks mm-hmm. the ice, right? And then they can follow up. Hey, what'd you think of that episode? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can do to help you? Mm-hmm. Or do you need some help? Or, you know, I think it's a great way. And people have done that in the past and they've all come back and said, man, that is such a, a simple yet powerful way to do things. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, any parting words for us? I mean, it's been great to talk to you. Um, you're, you're very confident yet soft-spoken which i love you're very (laughs) soft-spoken there um any parting words that you'd like to share with us you know the one thing i've been thinking a lot about lately um as i've done more book work is um like if you're thinking about writing a book and you're not sure how to do that Mm -hmm. or if you can do it like just remember that it is possible yeah and it might be easier than you think yeah um I'm really passionate about helping people with their book projects and oh, cool. a lot of times it's like a, yeah. a sense of, is my story worth telling or, yeah. you know, how would I do that? Um, so yeah, just, just that idea for any writers who are out there working Kay. on books and yeah, I think, you know, this is just an honor to be here and talk about some of my story and yeah. share some about yoga. Uh-huh. Um, it's something I really love and, I think it can be hard to get started, but it's worth a try. For sure. Especially if you're struggling with anxiety or depression. Yeah. What a much better way of doing it that way than Mm -hmm. maybe putting something synthetic in our body. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Give it a try. Yeah. And reach out to you. So, Mm -hmm. Rachel, seriously, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. This I mean, you guys, I, I, I'm spoiled because I get to be with Rachel in the room face to face, but there's like this calmness in this room. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's no accident that you're mm-hmm. so good at what you do. You just really have this calming, really, you know, very low yet mm-hmm. powerful voice. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very cool. It's fun to be here. So hopefully you guys are feeling that right now. And um, so thank you mm-hmm. for your time today. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, I told you this is going to be another great interview. Rachel Kuntz, please reach out to her, aliveinthefire.com. Mm-hmm. It, got, it has links every all on there for her books, her blog, mm-hmm. all of that. And, and really check out her blog. It's a, It really is amazing. It has amazing articles. And you can even share those with people that you love and people that may be struggling. They'll get uh, some inspiration out of it. But reach out to Rachel. You can also reach out to me, and I'll pass it along to her if, we, if, if I need to. But I love you guys, truly. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I can't believe I started this over five years ago, and here we are today where we're at. But it wouldn't be possible without all you guys. So know that you're loved. 
until next time. So again, Rachel, thanks for everything. Thank you. Take care. Bye.